0: Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? Alexa, play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.
3: Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long. i of the long. Got miles to go before
4: we sleep. Lord, man is putting into
3: my running And I'm so far from my home will not go gently uh, we going to unleash hell here in December oh, mama, I can hear you are crying You're so scared and all alone Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle I'd hey, like to play football coming down from the gallows And I don't have their wrist.
4: and Steeler Nation, hello once again to Behind the Steel Curtain presents the Steelers Hangover. (laughs) And it is a hangover of epic proportions today as the Pittsburgh Steelers in prime time lost and blew a very big lead against the Los Angeles Chargers to have their record fall to 7-4 and 1. Two weeks ago this team was like Ric Flair used to say jet riding, limousine fly, jet flying, limousine riding, kiss stealing wheeling, dealing, sons of a gun, and two weeks later, they're licking the windows of the school bus. That's how bad they are now. Um, it's just really sad state of affairs right now, but if you know anything about Mike Tomlin and this team, they win some games they're not supposed to, and with big games coming up, they will rise to the occasion. That's the rose-colored glasses that I am going to go ahead and keep on wearing. And I would invite my good friend, Tony Deppio, to do the same. Tony, how are you this evening, my friend?
2: I am doing well, Brian. I, I'll spend the rest of the show trying to find those glasses, but I don't know if I'll put them on for you. But I uh, am definitely doing well, and uh, and uh, it was a tough loss, but uh, we'll see we where-
4: And we're having some problems with Tony's audio, um, but with that being said, yeah, it was a tough loss, but it's something that we could all go ahead and find, you know, that silver lining, and we know what it is with this team. So, you know, quickly to recap the game, they were looking pretty good. You know, they came out, they were looking strong, all of a sudden, it's, you know, they're hitting a the long ball to Antonio Brown, James Conner gets in once, gets in twice. Even though uh, Chris Boswell misses the field goal, it's thirteen nothing. Next thing you know, the uh, a very fluke play, which I want to address now. I know a lot of us are going to talk about how poorly the referees played. I mean, excuse me, called this game. But you know what? For me, it's not rising to the occasion when you have when you have teams like that, great teams. What they can do is they can go ahead and have to beat the refs some night, and they just did not do that. They wilted and died as soon as bad calls were called against them. You know, I know, uh, know Tevi, the right tackle for the Los Angeles Chargers, jumped offside, but Mike Hilton still got his doors blown off on that play. So that's something that still could have been avoided. I know other things happened in that game, the block in the back, um, You know, they still could have responded, and they didn't. I mean, for me, when you know that you have the refs against you, or at least that's the feeling in your head, you strive to beat them. You strive to overcome that. And I just feel like that did not happen in this game. I think they were defeated in the third quarter when Los Angeles came alive. And one of the turning points of this game for me, Tony, was the fact that Ramon Foster got called for what I thought was a bad hold um, on James Conner's big 20-plus yard run that could have really really iced that game if they would have had that 20-yard run back and, you know, at least to get a field goal. And they're not punting the ball back to Los Angeles at that point. So for me, Tony, I think even if you have the refs against you, you still blow that game. And they blew that game, and that's plain and simple. I, uh, I'm i not blaming the refs. I'm blaming how Pittsburgh failed to respond, Tony.
2: I agree 100%. First of all, can you hear me? Yes. I, I agree 100%. I, I did not walk away from last night's game thinking the officials cost them the game. I thought they cost themselves the game. They left so many points on the, on the field again, like they did a week earlier in Denver. And then, you know, the Joe Hayden interception, that wasn't because of his collision with Sean Davis or Sean Davis colliding into him. And to me, that, to me, that was the turning point in the game. Because if they if he intercepts that pass or if he's allowed to intercept that pass without any interference from his teammate, win that game easily. So the officials cost them some points. There's no doubt about it. But as you said, they could have responded a lot better. Mike Hilton could have responded a lot better. Um, the special teams could have responded a lot better. You know, they – uh Brian Allen wasn't the only person on that punt return team or uh the, the, the uh the, the team there so uh it was to me un- un- unacceptable the way they lost with everything on the line uh everything at stake, everything they have in front of them just unacceptable to lose that game and the way they lost it was just 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 for this time of year again unacceptable.
4: You know, with that being said, we do need to throw out grades here. Um, You know, I am going to go ahead and still award a valedictorian. I thought Antonio Brown had an Antonio Brown-type fine-time game, which, you know, there's no fault to Antonio Brown at all in this loss, if you ask me. So I thought he had a great game. So he is my valedictorian. probably think that – I don't want to speak for you, Tony, but I think you would agree on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, he he had a fantastic game. I think it was his best game of the year, without a doubt. And it's kind of so you back. know,
4: well, you know, but Ben, I thought I thought Ben, you know, he looked great at times, and then he just looked like the crap on some of those throws, and especially that that interception to Derwin James. Um, he completely under. He first of all, he lobbed the ball. Then yeah. he completely underthrew Vance McDonald by seven or eight yards, and it made me think about that interception last week. And so he just has these lapses that cost them, and that's another one. You know, they get that that interception back; they win the game. There's there were so many opportunities to win this game, and that's the bottom line to it. So you know, as far as you know, honor roll, you know. I really have a hard time, you know, looking at the bright spots. But, you know, I don't think James Conner had a bad game. Um, you know, he once again, he averaged four yards a carry, but he's only getting 15 carries. And, you know, when he was running, he was running well. So I, I really can't fault James Conner. The worst part of the game for him was that contusion. I, are they still calling it a contusion, Tony?
2: Uh, yeah, it's it's not believed to be very serious. So, no, I know. I think I think he'll be fine.
4: Any word on his absence? Because I did not get that today.
2: Well, the only thing I heard of was he was limping around a bit in the locker room. Where he whereas he wasn't last night. But you know, I don't. It, it, didn't, it doesn't sound like it's going to be anything that's going to keep him out of uh, the Oakland game. But I guess we'll have to see. Like Mike Tomlin says, he'll he'll let the uh, his particip- participation this week. Uh, decide, determine what he does on Sunday.
4: And then, you know, that's typically what they do. So, you know, I, uh, I can accept that as an answer. Um, if we're looking at an honor roll on the offensive side of the ball, the offensive line was very good. Once again, um, you know, one through five, I had left to right. I thought they were really good. Um, I thought Antonio Brown was very good on offense. And I'll even throw out a shout out to uh, Jalen Samuels. Um, even before, the touchdown he had a series where i thought he looked decent um so you know that's uh that's at least a consolation knowing that uh you might have something in jaylen samuels he doesn't have the burst that james Conner would have um but i can feel he's been there the whole year he knows the system um i'm fine with him you know getting some action and he might have to uh he might really have to get a lot of action in next week against Oakland. Maybe that's the team to, that 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 uh, he can afford to have James Conner out and maybe uh, rest him and get him back for New England. But we'll see. But if we're going to go ahead and grade this offensive performance, Tony, I can't really feel good about giving them an awesome grade.
2: Me either. I'm gonna give the them one
4: to it. Go ahead.
2: Well, I mean I I don't know if you want to give yours first, but I was gonna give them a, a, a D plus, honestly. That's that's how I that's how I feel. No no third down conversions in the second half and then Ben's egregious pick like you mentioned in the red zone and then overthrowing Justin Hunter. To me, they, they did as much to cost them the game as 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 the, as the defense did in the second half.
4: I I think I if I'm not mistaken, I think I gave them a C-minus in the grades article. C-minus, D plus you know, that's fair. But my biggest beef for this, and it's not on the defense. Uh, I, I, trust me, I'll get to the defense in a second. But my biggest beef about the Steelers' performance in this game, Tony, is this. They do not have, know how to close out games. They don't know what, what to do with the lead. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. When was your first part-time job or your first job in your entire life? How old were you?
2: I was 20 because I was a lazy teenager.
4: Okay. <laughs> That's All right. What what kind of job did you do for your first job? I was
2: a I was a stock clerk at a at a uh, grocery store.
4: Okay. And you had responsibilities, right? Um those paychecks came and you had responsibilities for
3: them.
4: I mean, did you I, have to pay car insurance? rent. I mean, no matter what you had to do, you had financial responsibilities because of that
2: paycheck, correct? I sure did.
4: Okay, so, but when you get that first paycheck, and a lot of people see that first paycheck, or I, I could I even say my son, when he gets birthday money, okay? They get it, and it's just burning a hole in them, and they go and spend it like crazy, and they just don't, I mean, Possibility with those first couple of paychecks until you, you look at it and you're like, who are these Fikey guys and why are they taking all my money? To quote Rachel mm-hmm. from yeah. Um Right. You know, uh, but before that happens, you're like, hey, we have a party. We can go do this. We can do this. I've got money. We can go. I mean, I'm sure you were out buying Bon Jovi
2: cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> you found me so, out.
4: Um, but <laughs> you, you know what? You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's what I liken to the Pittsburgh Steelers. When they get a lead, they just don't know how to close it out. They don't – it's almost like they forget the responsibility to win the rest of the game. They're like, all right, we can party now. We've got a lead. Yeah. And maybe I'm way off base, but that's what they do. And so when you have a chance to put the foot on the throat, put the foot on the throat and choke somebody out, and they just don't do it. So that – is why I'm going to go ahead and give them a poor grade. On the defensive end, look, I have no one I really want to give uh, honor roll to. Maybe maybe uh, a couple guys like Javon Hargrave and Terrell Edmonds, I thought I had a very good game. Um, yeah. You know, T.J. Watt had a had a good game. But when it came down to it, I don't know who to blame for the fact that linebackers were on Keenan Allen and I do this knee-jerk reaction article, and I wrote that in the first in the first quarter, in the first series, I'm like, you know, why can't we stop Keenan Allen? He's going to have 20 receptions in this game. And I read the comments section, and one of the first comments was somebody noted that, and they laughed because I wasn't too far off. That guy was just, I mean, but we have linebackers trying to cover this guy, just like we had P.J. Watt dropping off in the coverage against Pat Mahomes. Mahomes and the Kansas city chiefs will week two, So that's something the Steelers just, I don't know whether it was a defensive game plan, but they could not stop anybody in that second half. And that's a problem. So I'm going to give them kudos. I'm going to give the, the run defense for only giving up two yards in the first half rushing. That's pretty amazing. But when it comes down to it, they blew the game by not being able to stop anybody and they looked like they did against Jacksonville um, in that playoff game where there was just – they weren't stopping any. But for me, Tony, it, it's as simple as this. They forgot how to play because they had a lead and they, they just couldn't do it. And once they hit some adversity with some of those calls, they gave up. And for me, they get an F on defense because they gave up don't care what uh i don't care what the first half was i failed them on defense because they failed to just stop anybody i mean four minutes to go they should have been able to stop that offense and that is not an offensive juggernaut especially without melvin gordon in there so terrible job with the defense
2: would you agree uh yeah i definitely give them an f it, it um you know you're not going to stop uh, uh, many good quarterbacks like like Philip Rivers, but when you have a chance to come away with a, a interception, you have to come away with an interception. And 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 me right there, that's when they that's when they lost the game. And and that look when he had John Bostic covering Keenan Allen on that critical third, that was like the worst look of Keith Butler's career. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And and, and, and they might they might as well put Jabbar and Hargrave out there to cover him. It was just it was just silly. And. <laughs> Somebody quoted a, a stat today. I guess it was Pro Football Focus. Uh, they, they had the linebackers covering receivers nine times in yesterday's game, and that's the most ever by since they, they've only been keeping the stats since 2016. But that's the most ever in, a, in an NFL game. So that, that that's to me that speaks volumes of the scheme for, for that Butler uh, uh, had in place. And, and Terrell Edmonds, you know, I like I, I like I thought he had a good game, but wasn't he brought in? for for situations like that where you you cover a receiver or a tight end, you know, in, in, in crucial moments of the game, not a 250-pound exactly. linebacker. Yeah.
3: Exactly.
4: So, is, so is, I is
2: mean,
4: yeah, and you've got you've to gotta put a dunce cap on whoever let that happen. And right now it could be Keith Butler, it could be Mike Tomlin, but that was just, uh, you know, you have to be able to adjust. And they didn't—they didn't try to adjust, and that is my complaint here. Maybe I'm being too harsh. I don't care. It's, um, that's what my eye test said, and they failed that eye test. Uh, special teams, Tony, horrendous. Now I'm gonna stop yeah. and say, L.J. Ford. That's another guy. I thought L.J. Ford had a good game on defense. I, I really did not. I thought he was omnipotent. He was everywhere. This guy looked pretty good. Um, he's like that on special teams especially with a punt block. So I'll give him kudos for that. I'll give Jordan Berry. I mean, I'm coming around on Jordan Berry. That guy had another good punting game. Um, uh-huh. the one problem was uh he out he out kicked the coverage on the uh Desmond King runback, but you can't fault you could never fault a kicker. I mean, a punter for out kicking the coverage. I mean, so I mean, you, they're there to boom it, and that's exactly what he did. And and they uh, did get some help with a block in the back, but still, it still happened. Um, but, look, my biggest problems with the special teams, Chris Boswell, what are you doing? This is five now. Five. Yeah. This is you, – you, and that one point helped cost in the game too because things change. Plans change with one extra point. I mean – they might be then not may not be going for two point conversions in those situations. Um in all of those situations. They uh if that one point holds up it's thirty one to thirty at the end of the game. And yeah. so so many things there's so many things to look at. Um but Danny Smith Jr. I praised him last week. I'm taking it back this week because every single time they kick off and Ryan Switzer tries to return it. It's getting called back, and they're starting deep in their end yesterday. And that was just—I what was it? Three or four times, Tony? Ridiculous! This
2: yeah. this team
4: on special teams. I mean, I'm giving them a bad mark for the run back, but gosh, just those penalties—that's a killer. They have no discipline on special teams, and
2: that's a problem.
4: They for lead
3: me the too. league.
4: So. Yeah, lead, lead, lead so go ahead. I'll let you just throw out the uh, the venom on special teams. Give me a grade for that, Uh
2: Well, I, I have to give him a, a a D as well because you you mentioned the extra point. You know, if if he makes that there, they they absolutely do not go for two two points in either one of those second half touchdowns. And of course the uh, the, the punt return, you just can't have that. I mean, the Chargers don't have a great team to allow that. It's just uh, unacceptable again and. Definitely a D.
4: Overall grade, though, I'm giving the whole team an ask because they failed. They lost the lead. Yeah. They lost a huge lead. They failed on in prime time where they thrived, and they put their season in complete jeopardy. But Absolutely. now here's the silver lining to the whole thing. They'll probably see the Chiefs again in the postseason. So they're going, if they make the postseason, they will definitely see the Chargers at home in a rematch. I like my chances in a rematch every single time. Even with the Kansas City Chiefs, even if it's on the road, I like my chances in a rematch. I like my chances in a rematch against, well, they didn't play the the Texans, um, but there might be a a rematch loss if they lose against uh, New England. This team knows how to... Just when you're ready to count them out, they know how to come back, and that's a hallmark of Mike Tomlin, coach teams. So I'm not throwing in the terrible towel just yet. But what I'm just – my question to you, and this is the big theme of the show tonight, after a second straight loss, are they contenders right now or are they mere pretenders?
2: Well, I think we're going to find out this week because they cannot lose this game. They cannot go to Oakland, and, and I don't care about oh six, oh nine, twenty twelve, twenty three. 2012, I don't care what happened in any of those years. They have to win this game. If they lose this game, they are in deep doo-doo. This is threat-level midnight right now, to quote Michael Scott. They have to win this game, and then we'll take it from there.
0: We'll see, we'll see what they can do
2: against, against, the, against the Patriots, against the Saints, but they have to win this game. If they lose this game, they are, level they are midnight. facing... That level, that? They are I'm applauding the... you. Oh, thank you. But uh <laughs> that they, if they lose this game, they are staring at another second half collapse like in oh nine and twenty twelve when they, they, they just crapped the bed in the second half of the season and missed the playoffs. So they, they have to get they have to take care of business this week. And then we we can just, how they respond in Oakland will tell me a lot about whether or not they are a true contender in the in the AFC this year, Brian.
4: Okay, that that's all well and good and and that has merit to it. What's your gut saying? What is your gut um, saying about gut, going ahead to Oakland and then having New England?
2: Well, my I mean, you look at their stats and you look at the way they played this year. There's just a, there's nothing there that tells me that they should that that they should be a threat to, to beat the Steelers other than if you go back and look at the past. So, I think they're going to they're, they're going to handle their business this week as far as the Patriots I don't know. I mean, until they beat them, it, it's hard for me to imagine them doing so, but I think the Patriots are a beatable team this year. And you know, they, they have had their, their, uh, their hats handed them a couple of times by the Jaguars, by the, the Titans. So they, they are a beatable team and they were a beatable team last December when they came here and the Steelers, uh, you know, found a way to, to, to throw it away. So, you know, I, I think, I think they are a, a contender, but, but, uh, but, but, My gut for this week, tells me that they are going to go down there and take care of business. They have to. They just have to.
4: I agree 100%. They have to, and I think they will. If, and I say this every week, if they are who we think they are, um, you know, it is threat level midnight. I love that. That's (laughs) Um,
2: midnight.
4: But, I mean... That that's gonna be uh that's gonna be a new theme of the show. We're gonna try to work that in every week. I think. Um <laughs> someone we work in every week is our good friend Vito from New Jersey. He's a Hall of Fame caller and he's on the line and he is the guy that has the responsibility for with just a few words calming me down. Those few words are good evening gentlemen. So Vito, take it away.
3: Gentlemen, good evening, how are you? Hey Vito, good Vito. How are you, my friend? Take okay. it down. Better, better days are coming, right?
4: Yeah, you know I think so. Uh,
3: what, my what, my, what would... my my biggest thought after last night is that Keith, Keith Butler has to go. He doesn't know what he's doing. You can't <laughs> you can't come into this game in the second half and see something not working and keep doing it. I mean, come on, that's like me saying, you know, if I spend more than I make. Eventually, I'll figure out how to save money. Never going to happen. <laughs> you, you you know the key is you need more money to come in than going out. So the problem is the team goes into the halftime with a lead of 16 points, and they didn't make any adjustments because everything was working in the first half. You're right, it was. But the minute you start seeing that Keenan Allen keeps making plays, why aren't they putting Joe Hayden on him? Why aren't they putting another cornerback uh, on, on uh, Keenan Allen? Why aren't they doing what they're doing? And then to allow a rookie to come into the game and beat them in the run game, it's just, it's embarrassing, to be honest with you. It's embarrassing. And I think the front office has to do something about it. The problem was when Pittsburgh was so good in the early 2000s, they had great personnel. We don't have that personnel, so we don't have that leadership like we once had. And that's why you're seeing these games that are happening because everybody talks about how talented this team is and how great this team is. But you know what? Talent can only go so far if it's not getting coached the right way. And I think that's what this team lacks that it that it had in the past. Now, if you look at last year versus this year, I actually think we've gone backwards since last year because even though in a lot of the games last year, we were just barely winning those games, but we still found a way to win them. So when you see the Jacksonville game that we're able to pull out as a win, imagine you lose that game. Now we've lost three games in a row. Now your season is just about, up in arms, and the problem you have now is that there is a lot of pressure on them to win, because what you got to also remember is a team like the Raiders who are two 2-10, they see the Steelers' weakness, and they saw that last night, how they were able to come back, a team like the Chargers come back and beat them and hold Pittsburgh to 7 points in the second half, that's a big deal, and if you're a bad team, you know how the story goes, guys, the best team doesn't always win on that field, so who was the best team last night? Was it the Steelers? Or was it the Chargers? Because if it was the Steelers, well, guess what? Then the best team didn't win. And it goes to show you that they're vulnerable and a bad team could beat them just by figuring out their deficiencies. The problem we've had, one of the reasons why we've always lost to the Patriots, is we don't do a good job of making adjustments. We don't do a good job of doing things like Bill Belichick does. You don't see Tom Brady throwing those interceptions like Ben threw last night especially when we're driving the ball we're in field goal range. It's a scoring drive, and he just lobs that ball up. That's a huge mistake by him, and he should know better. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback, and, and, you know, that's on him. The other problem is also the Joe Hayden play. What was Sean Davis thinking? Was he not seeing what was going on? Because you're right. If Joe Hayden gets that interception, it's 23-7, we get the ball back, and that's a huge turning event. So there were so many little things that could have went right that could have caused us to win the game and and keep the lead. But you guys know this is a game of inches, and the problem you have is that these inches are are not going for us. They're going against us. This is two weeks in a row with the same issues, and I'm afraid that how are we going to fix it? It hasn't been fixed. And the problem, I hope, is that they don't look ahead to anything else and they focus on what they need to do. But definitely have a personnel problem somewhere. (laughs) And the defensive coordinator, he's got to go. They can't have this guy next year. He, he really is not that good. He may be good because they're pressuring and we lead the lead in sacks. But what does it all mean if we're not winning games and if we're not, you know, we should, we should easily right now be minimum eight and three. That's where we should be. We, we should not be where we are right now. First game that we lost where they gave up the two-score lead was a perfect example of where the season was going. Then we win six games in a row, which is great. And we just barely won against Jacksonville. That should have never happened. It, we, we should have played a much better game against them. But the Denver game really showed you guys the vulnerability of this team, the mistakes, the mistakes, the mistakes. It's just and when you see a team that's five and six, or a team that's six and six, and they have to go play a Steelers team that you know has, has all the talent they have, they know all vulnerabilities, and they, and they could kind of you know get in there and win. That's my thought. I mean, I, I know it might not calm you down, but it's a serious problem, and it's got to be fixed. And I really think this team is missing a third receiver right now, especially with the Justin Hunter throw. I mean, Ben had him wide open, he overthrew him. I mean, it's, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm not saying he's got to be perfect all the time, but these are plays he should be able to make. He's getting paid big money to make them. What are, you, what are your thoughts?
4: I thought they collapsed, I thought Ben collapsed. And I thought they gave up, actually, in that game. They found some adversity. They weren't getting the calls, and they tapped out. Bottom line to the whole thing, look, I said this at the beginning, great teams are going to find a way to beat not only their opponents but the refs if they have to. And, you know, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, they beat the refs if they have to. Um the, uh, the Steelers uh, did not beat the refs yesterday. And I'm not going to – because even though those plays were – some of those calls were horrendous and egregious, you know what? They could have – they still could have overcome it just by stopping them one time on third down in that second half. And they just weren't doing it. Um, my other thought, based on what you were saying, is that this team – seems to crave a drama. We all have a family member, and I have one in mind. I'm not going to mention uh, who that is, and just in case they are listening. But we all have family members that they rely on drama in their lives. If they don't have some kind of drama, that they just can't function. They've got to have uh, some kind of adversity. Me, I just want, I just want to chill, and that's why I get along with everybody. <laughs> but I stay away from drama. But there's some people that thrive on it and have to have it to be able to continue. And that's what this this team is like for me, guys. I feel like this team needs drama, and I'm not going to guarantee wins, but I look at this team and look at the history of this team under Mike Tomlin, and I've said where they will step up when they need to, and I kind of think they're going to. I think they'll beat one of the new teams, England-Orleans, or Orleans. and I think they could just for the fact that they uh, they step up when you say they can't. So, I mean, even though I didn't feel that that was a losable game, they still have that number four seed and they're still leading in the division. And you have a team like Baltimore who are coming on, but they've been beating bad teams. But They have to go to Kansas City and go to Los Angeles and play the Chargers in the next couple weeks. That is a pretty heavy task, too. And so we'll see what they're made of. But I'm not ready to throw in the terrible towel just yet. I'm just wondering if they are no longer upper echelon. I think they're more pretenders than they are contenders at this point. But as Tony says, they could go ahead. Next week is going to tell the tale and see exactly where they are going forward. I mean, this is the final quarter of the season now. It starts here. You put up a 4-0, you're perfectly fine. Um, they're a team that have shown in the past that they could go ahead and not have a bye and still thrive. Um, case in point two years ago, they uh, wow. they went had a rematch with the Miami Dolphins in the playoffs and blew the doors off. Next week, they uh, – they relied on six Chris Boswell field goals to beat a very tough Kansas City team in Kansas City. And they lost against New England in the AFC Championship game. But he who shall not be named got hurt very early in that game. That could have been a very different game. So there's still a quarter of the season left. They have plenty of time to do it. But what's your gut feeling, I mean, um, Vito, at this point? Are they pretenders or are they contenders?
3: They'll always be contenders. We know that because, you know, they have enough talent to do it. The the problem you have with our defense is they're not taking away the ball. There's no playmaker (laughs) taking away the ball. I mean, when are we going to fix that problem? And that falls on the defensive coach. And the problem is, aren't Rooney's got to make a change somewhere? I mean, there are a lot of aggressive defensive coaches out there that could use this defense much differently than he uses it because, you know what, okay, we lead the league in sacks. That's a great number. But is that really the most important number or is taking the ball away and taking pressure off your offense, you know, the bigger picture? I think it is because you look at the better defenses, they're good at not only putting pressure on the quarterback, but they're good at making plays and taking the ball away. I thought Edmonds did a nice job yesterday and I thought that call that was incomplete should have been a fumble recovery because that was the turning point in the game as well. So they definitely have the talent. Maybe it's not being used the right way by Butler where another defensive coordinator could come in and would probably scheme this thing much better. And and that's what I think some of the better defensive coaches are able to do. And that's why you see they're able to stop our offense as high-powered as at times because they're able to scheme good enough to, put pressure on us. So that's, that's what we need. mean, you know, everybody wants to see these 40, 50-point games, but you know what? Whatever happened to the good games that are 20-15 to 15 or 20-14, to 14, you know, with good defenses? I mean, I think there's going to be a time where we're going to get back to that as you see more and more young players that are more athletic, you know, doing things to stop the high power offenses. I think that's what this game will revert to moving forward, and why don't we have that? You know, And it's just because I think of the personnel. And don't forget, Wizenhunt used to be with the Steelers, so he probably knows a lot about our organization, and I'm sure they used that against us in the second half. I'm sure they used it against us in the second half. I'm sure he knew that whatever they were having challenges with in the first half, let's see if Pittsburgh makes any adjustments in the second half. But you know what? They were running on us in the second half, where they weren't doing that in the first half. We weren't correcting that. We weren't, we weren't making adjustments for that. They kept throwing at Keenan Allen and they kept the linebacker on Keenan Allen. They made no adjustments whatsoever. So you know, it's it's it goes back to the same thing like I said. If you have more money going at than coming in, what happens at the end of the month? You're broke. So it's the same problem with our defensive line. We gotta we gotta we gotta change that personnel there because it's not helping us.
4: That's I Amy, mean, you can't say it better than that, can you,
3: Tony? No, look at the uh, Vikings and the, and the Patriots yesterday. The Patriots' defense is not that good of a defense. As they said. They held the Vikings to 10 points. And the, and the Patriots aren't scoring more than 20. What are they scoring? About 23, 24 points a game? And they're winning. Just scoring that many points. So here we are. We put 30 on the board and we lost. You can't expect this team to always score 30, 40 points every game to win. You shouldn't have to. Just like against cool. the Denver Broncos, we put, what, 17 points on the board last week? But we gave up 24. So, well, it all goes back to 17. the turnover, the takeaways. We need to do a better job. So, uh, to...
4: Tony, do you think that they could possibly, uh, when will they possibly address the Keith Butler situation? And what will it take? Um, what what do you think it would would take for this team to finally say enough is enough?
3: I think if they or lose are one, they there they lose,
4: and they're just waiting? If the they lose
3: season. next week, if they lose next week, they better make a move because you know what? You're gonna watch the whole season go down the tubes if they lose next week because then they'll be seven and five, and that's a little bit embarrassing to the fan base and it's got to be embarrassing to the uh, front office.
4: You know, and that's a should move. But the thing is that this team doesn't do do it that way, you know. I mean, they just have never been one to fire anybody. I don't think I've ever seen them fire a coordinator in season. Um, which that leads back to your point, Tony's point, even my point. They fail to make adjustments, and they wait until it's preparation time. So if they're if they're not going to make an adjustment in game. To fix a problem that leads me to believe they're going to wait until after a season, and I uh, I don't know whether it's being stubborn or whether it's just not having the uh, the foresight to go ahead and make a move now, but I cannot see them them doing it. It was enough enough was enough in Green Bay to go ahead and fire Mike McCarthy yesterday, and that team has no chance of making the playoffs. But they they were ready now. I just don't see Pittsburgh doing it, Tony, Do you see them ever doing it in midseason, especially this year?
2: No, they just don't do it that way. And, and you know, it's, it's it's important to remember this defense was on a pretty good run for about five or six or seven weeks. It's just it's just you know the Chargers are a tough team, and 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 the the, the turnover problem for this defense this goes way back. This goes back like 2011. They just do not uh, have the players. They have not been able to find the players. To make this an opportunistic defense, and that's the most important thing for Super Bowls historically. If you look at teams that win Super Bowls, they they have defenses that take the football away, with, regardless of where they're ranked. I mean, you have to have a uh, it helps to have a great defense overall. But even teams that don't have great statistically, if they're opportunistic, that that they're able to 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 overcome any flaws they have. And this team just you know they're not even going to sniff twenty turnovers this year. And I don't know how you can win a Super Bowl that way. So, what, it, what it's going to take for to get rid of Keith Butler, um, I think it's going to take another another season where they get 18 or 19 takeaways, and that's where they're heading. I think if they have another year where they have 50, 60 sacks, which is where they're heading, and they can't take the football away, and they, you can't stop uh, um, teams in the playoffs. You, you have to make you have to make if you had, if you get rid of Todd Haley last year, and you have to get rid of Keith Butler this year if they fail in the playoffs again.
4: So I'm going to say, Vito, that this is we all agree that this is a pivotal game next week, and uh, we will see what happens, and this is just, uh, I don't think it's going to happen now, but I agree with you that it it should happen, and they really need to take a long look at that. I just don't see it happening. But with that being said, we appreciate all of your contributions.
3: Thank you. And I
4: want you to go ahead, I want you to go ahead, and uh, if you do have a uh, pen and paper handy, I'd like you to go ahead and do me a favor and take down um, my BTSC email, which is stmyron at gmail.com, S-A-I-N-T, Myron, at gmail.com. And anybody that ever wants to uh, email me there about this show, feel free to. But I'd like you to email me uh, some contact information, because we have a, a show in a couple of weeks that, uh, that we'll be doing offline for a, uh, another day. Um, just because of scheduling, and I wanted to get you involved in that, so um, I'd give you all the scheduling uh, details in that. So if you go ahead and uh, shoot, uh, shoot, shoot me a message, right now, that'd be great. Actually. All right, that sounds great. Thank you so much, and have a great week. And we'll be
3: talking next week. Take care, Vito. Good night, guys.
4: Good night, my friend. Yeah, you know, I uh, I agree with them, but. And I'm done with Butler. Even when they were doing well, Tony, I'm done with Butler. But it's just it, it's just not going to happen now. And I know you agree with that. We wonder why if you can't make an in-game adjustment, what what are you waiting for? And that game could have been had. And I think that's where all of our frustration in Steeler Nation lies. We're going to have more frustration next week if this continues. But I don't think it's going to. In fact, I think they go ahead. I still think they give up a lot of points because we saw an Oakland team that put 30 on Kansas City in a loss, but they put up a lot of points last week. Um, I think Pittsburgh finally uh, slays the dragon of that stadium, uh, that black hole, and uh, comes out a winner because they have to. Like I said about that drama family member, sometimes – you do better when your back's up against the wall. And, Tony, do you you feel that they can go ahead and definitely go in there and turn their season around and give themselves a chance when they go ahead and take on New England the the week after without looking ahead?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that the one good thing about these two losses is is they have to go into open focus. And you know they're going to be focused. They, they, They realize it's on the line. And this is where we find out who the true leaders are. Because you need somebody like whether it's Ben, A.B., J- even James Conner, Cam Hayward, whoever, J- Joe Hayden. Somebody's got to stand up and say, look, this is not acceptable. This is not going to happen again like it did in the past. We need this game, and we need this game for our season. I mean, their season's not, not, it's not on the line, but if they lose next week, their season's going to be on, on uh, life support. So th- they have to stand up and, and make a statement next week, and I think they will. 38-30.
4: to 30. Pittsburgh over Oakland next week is my call.
2: I, I like to be a little bit more conservative as far as the, 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 the closest of the game. I'm going to say, I'm going to say like 38-24. I can't take another game. So, yeah, <laughs> I, uh,
4: I, I don't think I can either. Um, I'm getting way too old for this, Tony, and uh, I'm. I just want to go to bed happily, <laughs> where I don't need the stress. And you know, the older I get, my heart beats a a whole lot faster, and uh, I can't really risk the uh, I can't risk the copay <laughs> and the time off. That's Amen what? to that. So don't give me you. don't give me a heart attack, guys. Um, yeah. yeah, that's the glory of being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, though. And uh, Al Michaels said it better than anybody last week that it doesn't matter whether they win or lose Pittsburgh is going to give you an entertaining game. And they, they do, they, uh, they are good for prime time. They are, they are drama at its finest and on the field, not so much off the field as of late. Let's keep our fingers crossed that, but, uh, Mm -hmm. that's what we have when we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. So thank you so much, Tony, once again, um For another good therapy session called the Steelers hangover
2: thank you brian that was it was it was, uh, it was a fun event for a uh, second week in a row hopefully it 's not three weeks in a row
4: let's uh let's try to avoid that at all costs
2: so for
4: <laughs> BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, where you get all of your steeler news, where all of you get all your steeler commentary anything steelers it's on behind the steel curtain be sure to check it out ten new articles. Every day, it is the best out there, if you ask my not-so-humble opinion, and uh, you got to check it out. So, for BTSC, for Tony DeFio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis, and I thank you. You have just been hungover. Good night.